if you're feeling frustrated because your team are not being as productive as you're hoping for, then this episode is for you. I will cover number one: what does it mean to have a solid mental fitness? Number two: what are the three crucial things that time management is troublesome for most people? Number three: what's the law of receptivity? Private practice owners, it's time to change the status quo that says healthcare workers are always burned out and never have enough time or energy. Welcome to the Providers Edge podcast. I'm your host Sabrina Rumback. I am a provider, an international peak performance keynote speaker, and a best-selling author. My guests and I teach providers operational efficiency, how to reduce provider fatigue, and increase patient satisfactions. If you're ready to rewrite the rules for your own practice, so you can have more time off. A great team and more income while delivering better patient care. You're in the right place. This is your defining moment to be a disruptor in healthcare. Have you had a, one of those days where everything can possibly go wrong? Did go wrong? I remember back in the day where I just started. To really explore what does it mean to be on my own and not have to feel the security of being with a large organization where my patients always come in, right? Like every day, you have a set amount, and even it's unexpected. Somehow, a last minute case got add on, and you show up, and it still felt okay because the only thing I have to pay attention to is just taking care of my patients. And document and talk to my team. Make sure they feel also supportive. Things are divided up, and we get to go home. However, when you're on your own, especially those of you who are running your own practices, it seems like something always happens. Something that you have planned, even those who being great at. Being productive. Guess what? One of the fun fact was, on average, people use fourteen different tools per day to keep themselves productive. However, if we keep so many different alerts, notebooks, pads, all those different things, or even apps to keep us on track, quote unquote, actually, we're putting a lot more burden in these tracking system instead of figuring things out on what works for us. So how can we be in the place where we don't feel like, oh heck, I cannot keep up. What I wanted to set out to do, I have a plan in the morning. For some people who have been reading, perhaps the Five O'clock Club or the Miracle Morning book, those are great. However, you still have to find your own rhythm. So what I end up doing, especially knowing that a lot of people have these amazing routines in the morning, so I gave a try. I tried to get up at five. For about a month, I felt very good. I was able to get things done. However, then I was so in the zone of doing things, I wasn't even thinking about. Oh my gosh, I have a case. Then rushing to the clinic or hospital because I was trying to adopt someone else's routine, not my own. When come down to making the transition, or you already in a routine, but you want to optimize, is start to think about 
what does that mean to create that ritual that fits my lifestyle and then my energy pattern? One of the big thing I always talk about is that everyone only have two to three hours of peak performance. And that's based on your circadian rhythm. And that's a study by Dr. Michael Bruce called the chronotype. Now, if you know your chronotype, you can also track it yourself to figure those out. If we work outside of our chronotype, we can train our body to do that. Of course, with time, it will work for us or a short period of time because you're so excited. Hey, this is a new thing I'm trying. Let's do it. But then it's not sustainable. So at the end of the day, how do we get to a point that we still find the work without being so chaotic, without thinking, oh my God, I just got a text, the plan that we have talked about. One of my clients I just spoke to, he said that they had a specific protocol about testing for cancer screening. And two weeks later, it was reported to him by the radiology department they couldn't do it, despite the specific description that was written. Now the frustration comes in, and also psychologically, our saboteur kicks in. For some of you who has been exploring with me, I talk about with positive intelligence, which is a concept combining cognitive behavior, performance science, neuroscience, and positive intelligence, we look into a three core mental muscles. Number one is saboteur muscle. Number two is self-command muscle. Number three is sage muscle. So in any situation, of course, our saboteur muscle kicks in, hold us back. How is holding us back? We can hold ourselves back by judging, immediately become angry of the situation, start wanting to blame. How could this happen? We spend so much time to write down protocol and to make sure people are trained. So how could you not be able to do this? And if you couldn't do this, when we create a protocol, how come my trusted resources, my team didn't tell me? Now the judgment right there is attacking both yourself and also put ourselves into a more negative state of, I can't believe this happened. I thought I did everything, but we haven't tapped into the other part. This, so this is the saboteur part because the master saboteur is judge, and then there are nine accomplices. Now for us to be able to go into the problem solving area, what's called sage part of the brain, we do have to do mental fitness exercise, what's called positive intelligence exercise, which I actually call them mini mental vacations. Because within two minutes, you can reset your mind, your body, and energy back to a more calm, peaceful, and intentional state. Then it's easier for you to put a stop, get yourself in the right place, then go into what we call the sage brain, which have five different perspectives that will help you to actually solve the problem without making other people feel bad that perhaps they didn't understand. Because at the end of the day, we are relying on our team for everyone to play a part. Now, I also had another conversation 
with a client to say, then what's the big issue? How come a team management is such a troublesome topic for most people? Now, I think there are three crucial things. When things don't go well, it's because people are, are not aligned with the purpose of the practice or the project that you're doing, or their talents are not properly utilized. So if you're demanding people to do something or ask them to do something, but they don't truly have the talent to do, or it's also in their interest to do, things will be imbalanced. And third is can be because they have been in so much a mode of just doing the work like a little busy bee, a technician in itself, and they're not being recognized for the drive, the the type of work that they did really well, where they're not even recognize that part for themselves. So think about last time that you have accomplished some type of project and had a, a win. Did someone recognize that for you? Or someone just told you, wow, you're a really good teacher. Thank you so much for being patient. Did you already know that about yourself? And even you already know that about yourself, did it feel good for someone to say that to you? Or last time you had some kind of organizational award, either people voted for you or someone nominated you and you weren't expecting, what were some of the emotions that brought up for you? And we know by study, when we look at different factors such as salary, bonuses, autonomy, training, and appreciation, Appreciation has been associated with higher performance. And now it tapped into how do we truly get people on the same page where they do feel appreciated. That also means you have to know your team, understand their talents, so you can leverage their talent in the right place. Then they will feel more fulfilled and more self-driven Instead of the misconception of many leadership is how do we motivate my team? They should not need to be motivated. They should have an internal drive to want to do what they are doing. And we have to be able to select these right people. And that's why a big thing I talk to my clients about is talent magnet and also not be an accidental diminisher. And if you guys haven't read the book, The Multiplier is a great book for you to tap into. Now let's get back to our concept of how do you keep yourself happy while building your practice, while growing that practice. Confucius did say, choose a job that you love and you will never have to work a day in your life. However, even you choose that job. Now, as a practice owner, you did choose to be a healthcare provider. And that's the early on. Once you own a business, you're no longer just a provider and you're beyond management. You should at least have someone in place to take care of the management part because management means what? When you have a vision, we need someone to be the conductor of the orchestra to make sure things happen. A owner and entrepreneur, in your case, you need to be the visionary. 
the person who can see the possibilities for everyone, the person who can strategize, and then communicate very clearly with your manager for them to make sure everybody else are doing their part to take care of your patient, take care of the running of the practice, then you can truly step away and things still run really well on its own. So it's not just about doing things you love, but also how do you do it with the most effective way while leveraging the people, resources, and things to your advantage. So we mentioned today having that solid mental fitness. When things don't go well, well, every day something could go wrong. It's not about preventing everything from happening, but able to call them out quickly. Then we can tap into our self-command model, tap into our self-command muscle, do our mini mental vacation, which I'll show you really quickly how that works. And then get into the sage part of our brain to resolve it and don't feel bad about what have happened. It won't linger in your mind. Those times when things are lingering in your mind, that's what causes us to be annoyed, angry, to feel doubtful about our performance, to create disbelief and distrust between our teams or even clients. It's so all to combat that is do your mini mental vacation. And there's also studies on a mindset of gratitude. What I do is I buy these pretty journals. I actually make them myself too. And it's on my nightstand where I write down something that just went really well right before I went to bed. It could be so simple as, oh, I haven't talked to my best friend for a few months and now we're able to catch up. Or I got a massage. Or, oh, I had an amazing result call with a client, had this specific breakthrough. Whatever that means to you. Or it could just be, well, it was really fun to go out with friends and we were able to go to a live music place, uh, more like a block party. So that was fun. Now, gratitude by research have shown it's not just about thinking about the past to make you feel better about your present. It actually showed it helps to redirect our future in a way of when we feel more grateful about our past, we believe in the possibility of positive events. We're more likely to be optimistic and open to see other opportunities. Now, that's what we call the law of receptivity. Number two Another way that you can really boost your joy on top of training your daily mind is remember your purpose. One of the first sessions that I go through with my individual healthcare leaders doing our peak performance mastery call is to do a seven layer of why. Now, I know some of them will be, Sabrina, really? I, I think I gave you all. And then we just die a little bit deeper and they have something else to add. And by the end of it, it's so solidified and clear of that reason of why it actually connects to both their career goal, their personal mission, their 
lifestyle and everything become more aligned in a guidance system. So when we're able to be so clear on the purpose and not just seeing about the future vision, then when something doesn't go right, or we have hurdles that we have to jump, we remind ourselves about those purpose. This is what we call to focus on our why power, now our willpower. Because willpower is so short-lived and they will always fail you. And when we think about, oh, I just don't have enough willpower, actually you're telling yourself a negative belief system and it's a false belief system that we're never gonna have enough. Instead of training our brain to think differently on how to be in a better state. Now, third thing that we can help ourselves to be happy is keep our commitments. I love to say you have to say no to almost everything. Then you can say, heck yes, to only thing matters. Which means whenever you say yes, you are 100% keeping that commitment. You are so firm about what you're willing to give, what you're willing to share. And when you say yes, that yes, despite the difficulty you have to go through to get to a certain result, you believe in yourself to get to that result because you're very clear on all the no's that were distractions. So when you say yes, it's a definitive extension of fulfillment. And one of the recent book that I read was Give and Take from a social psychologist who researched on giver, taker, and matcher. They're not really personalities per se. They're the type of people who would either give more, means they praise more, they share, they rather discuss. Takers like to put their face, their name plastered everywhere. They like to take credit, while matchers want everything to be fair. And they would even criticize and rather see the takers fail than have something unevenly cut for them. Giver concept has many big wins in society. And it's exciting to see that research has shown the highest performers are givers. Yet the lowest performer are also in givers. What does that mean? When you wait, when you be patient, giver have a lot higher recognition and success in the back end. It's now for those who are prone to shiny objects. So that's why the failure of low achievement in the front, let's say your patients come to you, you know they have 10 problems. And you wanted to fix all of them, of course, right? We like to do that. However, if they have struggles, you're taking a little bit longer to do the care coordination to help them find the right people and right resources, even though they're non-billable. But it doesn't mean you have to do it your personal self, right? That's when we talk about efficiencies, about leveraging other resources, technology, whatnot. But taker would just be, no, you have to do it my way, and otherwise it's not okay. Another thing that I believe most of us haven't been able to develop the ritual too is do an audit. What do you mean doing an audit? What are we auditing? Well, auditing how well we are conducting our own system or do you even have a system? 
what that means is sometimes we get into the mode of just go with the flow. Whatever comes, come. However, if the mundane stuff, the basic things in place that are not systemized means we don't have the right people to handle it, then everything tends to come back to us. For example, when your patient calling for a refill or rescheduling appointment, who's taking care of that? Should be very systemized. Whether it's just whoever's on the taking the call right there, or you have a automation system that people can schedule and change their appointment without a physical person, or you have a virtual call center who take care of that. What is that system? And same thing, if a treatment plan needs to be adjusted, a prescription needs to be refilled, who's that triage person before it gets to you to actually have to deal with it? Right? We do also need to create those gatekeepers and system so you, as practice owner, are not doing multiple things wearing multiple hats. Trying to find out the redundancy and lipchins that you can eliminate before leading to more simplicity, more efficiency, and time. And voila, that is joy. Right? Things that you don't want to think about, things someone else can do, or things can be eliminated immediately. Now, I kind of talk out of order because you know me, I talk about focus funnel a lot. Those are simple steps. The only options you have, nothing else, then you don't have decision fatigue anymore. So there are how do you eliminate? Number one, delegate. Number two, automate, delete, and intentional focus. Sometimes all of those five steps are hard to think. What can you create that can be out of your hand right away, right? That's eliminate. What can you adapt into a digital health platform or some kind of system? For me, it's uh, my scheduling system. I don't go back and forth with people about dates anymore. I offer them two days if they happen to be on a call with me and then we schedule that. Or I offer them my whole calendar online that already block out my events and interactions so people know the days that I'm in the hospital. I would not take personal and client calls. Things are all integrated. Right? Take another, that's all to me. And delegate are my executive assistants, uh, my whole entire marketing team, and my I see you guys. And those people who can do the tasks, I can do, but they're lower value for me. Right? That's one of the critical things that I have. All my clients calculate their hourly rate. And the hourly rate they would for every single activity that they're doing. Then the last Two step is delay and concentrate. Delay and concentrate are on the tasks no one else can do. Those are only things that you can do. Why do we delay is that what's the significance of that project or activities? Would that produce your time, value, profit, ROI in different ways? That also means you have to know how to define your success, right? If they are actually taking time, they're not producing you time, value, and profit, give you just your version of success, then I need to go back on the top of focus funnel, so intentional delay, versus concentrate. 
concentrate means I'm going to schedule it directly into my peak performance hours. And I know when I do those things in my peak performance hours, I will double and triple my results. If you don't know when is your peak performance hours, wait for a later episode where we'll talk about leveraging your circadian rhythm. Now, we went over a bunch of stuff today. We started by talking about having a bad day, how to bring joy back, is that we need to recognize our mind are not built to make us happy. They were built, guess what? The primitive brain built to scan for fear. Our brain is actually just constantly creating chaos for us. And we have to be able to train our brain, build our mental fitness. Now we can push away the things that are not working well. So number one is understand that we do have self-sabotaging tendencies and they're not our fault. We can train our brain to recognize them sooner than do what? Neural remodulate means turn on our self-command muscle. Those are the two-minute mini-mental vacations. And for those who wanted to hear an example of what that is and also relax your fatigue eyes for all of us who stare at the computer reviewing charts, documenting, go to sabrinarunback.com forward slash energy. So within two to three minutes, you can bring your peace and vision back. And then we can tap into what's called the sage part. There are five levels of sage perspectives to help us get to where we need to go much quicker. And the other resources, studies have taught us to have a grateful mind and being grateful and consistently practice gratitude help us to see the good opportunities and be able to take on the right opportunity in the future. We also need to remind ourselves our purpose, our right, tap into your white power, not your willpower when things don't go well. And definitely keep your commitment. When you say yes, it's absolute heck yes. And when you say no, the more you say no, the more you can get to all those yeses. And lastly, we talk about is doing an audit. What sounds joyful to you? What helps you to be efficient? How can you eliminate the nonsense, redundancies, and create a more timely and simplistic way to do what you need to do? Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're like me who just want to get to the bottom and find out what's going on in your practice, then I invite you to book a complimentary peak performance diagnostic call with me. You can check my availability at sabrinarunback.com forward slash blueprint to find a time that works for you. This is especially beneficial for you if you have an established clinic, but now feeling drained, want to do more for your patients, but are limited in your capacity or are unable to live up to your full potential. Don't you agree that if you don't allow a pair of unbiased eyes to take a look, you'll never know what you don't know. This is your chance to gain back time and be a peak performing healthcare leader again. Hi, my name is Dr. Allison Lazo Pacheco, and I just finished my six weeks with Sabrina not too long ago. So um, I feel that my experience is really, really unique because I started with Sabrina when I was still finishing up chiropractic school and have gone through it during my break and am now a practicing doctor. Or everything I've learned and she's taught has been applied at different levels and portions of my life, and I feel like I can continue to grow and develop these skills in the future. 
gosh, I, I went through my list of list of things we did that last day, and I kept them on my notebook pad. They're all, you know, I told you, it was a sheet. I move a lot of my really important stuff too, uh, and that you made that sheet to all the things we did. You know, I think there was there were a lot of things in there. I look at the chart of the desire zone because I was taking on too many things. I was doing too many things outside of my desire zone, and that allowed me to hone things back into the direction where they should be. What was some other things that we our first call that we ever had? There was a quote that you made you gave me from the Dalai Lama, and these are simple things. I did, but it was my gratitude, and it hit me at that time because I'd forgotten to be grateful about what has been built. You know, everybody around me that sees what we're doing, or you know, sees what I'm doing here, my peers and colleagues, they're very grateful for what I've been doing. They're like, oh, "This is great." You know, we would love to be in the position that I'm in, and I forget that, but I forgot it. So that was another one. And then uh, what was some other stuff? I'd have to go from the list. I mean, there's, you know, the two minute reset stuff that we do. Margin, just do a little bit. And we even, you remember, I, so I, you know, been a big meditator for a long time and, and everyone goes through cycles of this, but I was so dedicated. It was 45 minutes to an hour every single day, probably at night as well. And then in a busy lifestyle, you go, oh, I can't do that. Then you start thinking, well, if I can't do 30 minutes or an hour meditation, then why even do it? But you're teaching people to do two minute meditations which three two-minute meditations throughout the entire day, you know, six minutes total, in my opinion, is better than doing 45 minutes an hour every other day. It just made more sense. And it was so much easier just to kind of center myself back in and go back at it. So, and one thing now, I'm going to have to do a plug here, is this. Yeah, and you knew I was going to do this, didn't you? <laughs> this clock right here has been, you had, I don't know if yours is next to you or not, but you, you held this up for me one day. And we're talking about time blocking, yes, <laughs> time blocking and everything else. I said, well, where is that? So I bought it on Amazon and it, you know, it has the clock and the five, 10, you know, 15 minutes and so forth. It is awesome. And so when I started using this thing, I started realizing like, oh my gosh, when, I, when I'm actually tracking my time, I've got a lot of it. When I'm not tracking my time, even if you take a five minute break to surf the internet, it's 15, 20 minutes later, the time goes fast. So it's been fantastic. I can get so much stuff done in a 15 minute period. It's crazy. Take an opportunity to meet with and talk with Sabrina. She's just a wealth of information and powerful results. And it, it, for myself, just to be able to reflect and see what she's created by her forms and processes is amazing. I can't uh, emphasize enough, it's time well spent and money well invested. And so take the time, invest in yourself. Now open up a browser and type in sabrinarunback.com forward slash blueprint. Let's create a blueprint for you to gain back a day per week and creating more impact, income, and freedom in your day. We'll talk soon.